Welcome to the Help Club for Moms podcast. Each week we offer biblical encouragement and practical ideas to help you know the love of Jesus Christ more deeply and become the woman, wife, and mother you were created to be. We're so glad you're here. It's going to be a great day. Hello, welcome to Mom Tip Friday. I'm back and Today, we're going to be talking about avoiding the digital pacifier with your little ones. And here with me, I have the good pleasure and the great honor of welcoming Hannah Shiver to our podcast today. And Hannah uh, is one of my nearest and dearest. She's my sister. And so, Hannah, I am so glad that you had the time to meet with us here today. So thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> I am too. I am too. I uh, I laugh. Hannah is in the throes of raising toddlers right now, and she's a few years behind me. My husband and I have four children, ages 18 down through 11, and so we're so excited that Hannah and her husband, Blake, are in the game. They've got a couple of boys here. Well, one and another on the way. And we're, we're really excited to welcome more cousins into the family. (laughs) So uh, Hannah, why don't you tell us maybe just a little bit about you and your crew right now, this season of your life? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was going to say March, we're due at the end of March. And so that date is quickly approaching, but some days it feels like not fast enough. So (laughs) <laughs> um, we, my husband Blake and I live in Las Vegas, Nevada, and we moved here about a year ago with our son, Nolan, who is two and a half and, you know, but we're a military family. And so are getting, I am getting accustomed to moving around a little bit. Um, I'm, as you know, I'm from Colorado. And so this was my first move with the military and we have been just enjoying learning about family life and toddlerhood with Nolan and also just more about Las Vegas and kind of some of the family-friendly non-casino related activities that we can do here. I have been married for almost seven years. And um, as I said, Nolan is two, he'll be three in May. And then we have another little boy coming at the end of March that we're also very excited about. I'm a stay-at-home mom. And so Clearly, everyone is only speaking from their experience, so I have limited experience just with my one child now, and being a stay-at-home mom, obviously, I have probably more time than others um, to be able to devote to some of the things we'll talk about today, but um, (laughs) yes, busy and, and, and having a lot of fun, so... Yeah, yeah. Well, and Hannah, she's very modest. She actually has also been a working mom with a toddler. And that's been, <laughs> that was a little <laughs> bit of a tightrope walk trying to balance out work with with having Nolan and working from home and trying to juggle, you know, Zoom calls, especially during COVID, right? Zoom yes. calls with a cranky toddler <laughs> or cranky infant. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. So. Infant at the time, but yeah. Certainly, we've done the toddlerhood thing, too. So I'm happy to be able to focus more attention to him. (laughs) Yeah, well, and he's a riot. This little guy is so fun to watch. And he's um, deceptively older than 
I think a lot of his peers, because this little dude is so tall and just so articulate. That was something I remember Hannah and I prayed about and has been so fun to see the answer just to the Lord's Prayer in having Nolan be able to articulate his heart instead of just rage like we experience with you know, toddlers who are unable to articulate themselves. And so it's, it's been fun to see him. He, he looks like he's, you know, three and a half and instead of two and a half, just because of his height and because of his speaking skills and other stuff. And so I'm uh, very proud of Hannah and Blake just for the way that I've had the opportunity while they were here in Colorado. And then of course, from a distance, uh, watching how they parent Nolan and how I know they will continue to grow in their parenting when this next little guy comes along and we get to meet him too. So um, right now, I know like this is still a busy season. I know you're a stay-at-home mom, but toddler rearing is just not for the faint of heart, right? (laughs) And so (laughs) what is one way or maybe a scripture that you've kind of been clinging to, um, to just breathe life into your into your home and between, you know, Nolan may be mature, but he still throws fits, right? So <laughs> <laughs> not my child. Uh, yeah, he, he definitely still throws fits. I, you know, I, I think Ephesians 3, 14 through 21, which is a very long group of scripture. Um, it has always been one of my absolute favorite scripture verses. And it's the, it's the verse that talks about, um, just that the Lord would strengthen us in our inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that being rooted and grounded in love, that you may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints, the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, mm-hmm. that you may be filled with the fullness of God. And that has always been like one of my favorite scripture verses. I just think it's so incredible and beautiful and just something that I cannot conceptualize that we need inner strength to be able to even comprehend God's love for us. I think that that is just incredible. Um, But then the verse towards the end, I think it's verses 20 and 21 talks about now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we ask or think according to the power at work within us to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. And I think Mm. speaking to your point about toddlerhood being so much fun and also so difficult, (laughs) (laughs) um, (laughs) that's something that really just resonated with me, even as I was thinking about our interview today and just thinking, man, like that, like the Lord is able to do abundantly more than we can even think or hope for or imagine and that he's faithful to do it. And so in any season of parenthood and just life period, I mean, not just parenthood, but just everything that that encompasses life as a human being and life as a believer, I think that that is something that I cling to is that God is able to do more than I ever could hope or imagine. So That is certainly what I'm clinging to these days with toddlerhood. (laughs) (laughs) And pregnancy. Woo! And pregnancy. That's right. Double whammy. Yeah, double whammy for sure. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's so true. So true. And such a rich gift. I I love Ephesians too, as you know, and 
like it's, it's such such a good one to cling to through all seasons of life, right? Whether you have a graduate or or a baby and a baby on the way. So yeah. um <laughs> when you and Blake uh had Nolan. Uh, I'm curious for our listeners here, what kind of ideals, what did you guys envision, you know, as parents, you know, how are you going to raise this little guy in the fear and admonition of the Lord, even from the get-go, just mm-hmm. as a young boy, what were some goals you guys had? You know, I think, I I, I can't say that I had these goals before we had Nolan. <laughs> However, I listened to... um just a podcast probably, I don't know, probably a year ago that um, talked about the way we parent, we need to parent like we're parenting a human being because that, you know, everyone has their own opinions and ideas of what they want and like and their own feelings in certain situations. And essentially what this person who happened to be an Orthodox priest um, and so just that was kind of a fun, he had a lot of scripture to back up this idea, but he said, I try and parent my own children with respect. And so that includes respecting his or her boundaries, um, their feelings, you know, treating them like they're a human being. And that just is something that has really resonated with me. And I think has over the last year has really shaped a lot of my handling of situations is okay, He's a human also, and, you know, it is very glaringly obvious that I cannot control Nolan any more than I can control another human being. And so just having that in mind, like, okay, he's having a bad day too, or he is frustrated that I'm not listening to him right now. Let me just take a moment. And even if I think I know in a specific situation, what he needs or what he wants, taking the time to actually listen and let him articulate himself has been really important. And so that I think, while maybe not at the very beginning of my parenthood journey, that is something that has definitely shaped a lot of the ideas that we have brought to the table and are are discovering as we're discovering parenthood that, okay, how can we treat our children with the respect that we would treat any other human being and mm-hmm. should should be treating other human beings and how can we how can we shape this little guy to be the person that God has designed him to be so i think that's probably been the most formative for my parenting style and hopes and ideals i don't always you know uh give myself a a gold star at the end of every day for giving him the most respect that he deserves, but it's certainly something that I aspire to. Yeah. Well, and we're all in process, right? Like we are learning how to parent, you know, Mm -hmm. even the parents who have launched children are still learning how to parent really, because we are all being refined by Christ. And I love that you highlighted the fact that Nolan is a human being, right? Created, designed by God. And also just like you couldn't control another adult, (laughs) (laughs) or an older, you know, person, you can't, you can't control his thoughts, you can't control his behaviors. And so maybe to encourage some of our moms who are in this same season with young, with young children, what are some ways that you guys have helped to regulate his environment a little bit to avoid either overstimulus or, you know, 
we're all going to have meltdowns, whether we're, you know, 40 or four, you know, meltdowns Great. just happen. It's part of life when we feel overwhelmed and stressed. But what are some things that you guys are doing right now to limit some of those stresses and limit some of the the extra in your home? Yeah, I Nolan um, looks exactly like Blake, my husband. Um, <laughs> like Truth. total strangers will tell me, oh my gosh, he must look <laughs> exactly like his dad. And then they see him and they're like, oh yeah, he does. However, I will say th- something that I have observed that I think, oh gosh, I think that is very similar to myself is that Nolan really likes routine. <laughs> And, you know, if something is done a different way, it really bothers him. And so um, ways that we, you know, we try and keep as much routine as possible. So for us, we like going out for walks. Uh, We live in Las Vegas, which is, you know, a place that you can go for walks more days than not, unlike Colorado. So that has been a hidden blessing of being here. But um, we try and keep just kind of some main things in play. It doesn't mean that every day looks the exact same, but um, going out for a walk, giving him time to play in his room. Um, he loves music. We go to a music class. And so that's something else that is very routine that he knows every Tuesday evening we're going to his music class. Um, we definitely try and limit his technology use, whether that's TV or time, you know, watching video reels on our cell phones or things like that. We try and limit that. And instead we'll try and he loves books. He loves stories. And so we try and incorporate as much of that as possible. And you can tell, you know, he really appreciates that routine. He appreciates those activities. And we are, as he's developing and growing as this little human being, we're seeing, oh yeah, you know, he like, he really likes music. I know toddlers like music, but Nolan specifically is very, you know, just loves music, is driven by music. He also loves games and playing. And so if we can turn anything into a game and an activity, then he certainly has more interest in that versus other activities. And so, um, yeah, we we try and protect that routine. Um, we try and eliminate certain things that we just don't find helpful at this particular stage in his life, such as just over-reliance on technology and, you know, some things like that, I think, just help our days to to go much smoother than when we're out of routine and things are a little bit wonky. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm curious, what prompted you guys to limit his screen time and then kind of what's the fallout with routines being interrupted or excess screen time or whatever yeah. is causing the meltdown. <laughs> yeah, I mean meltdowns for sure occur. <laughs> you know, he's very um Nolan is a very happy child just generally. I mean it he is just very content, very playful as I said, he really likes fun and games. Um so some some behaviors that we see if they if he has been subject to more technology or more, you know, screen time, I guess I'll say. Um, Or certainly when his routine is completely messed up, you know, we just had the holidays and as much as we tried to keep his routine uh, uh, the same, it is just not, it's not the same over the holidays. (laughs) So, um, so we see certainly a lot more um, like disobedience, mm. we ask him to do something that normally would be 
totally fine, not a big deal. I see a lot more argumentation or um, just like ignoring, you know, it's, and not because of a situation where he didn't hear me, but just he doesn't want to. So he's going to do what he wants to do, um, regardless of what he's told. Um, we see a lot more meltdowns in the form of, you know, crying, just highly emotional, uh, very um, apt to throw things, <laughs> Look out. toys, chairs, you know, whatever he can, whatever is closest to him. Um, and so uh, just seeing some of those behaviors, we can tell, oh, okay, this is like you're overstimulated, you're, you know, tired, you're out of routine. Um, and these are kind of the ramifications of, of being out of routine as well as, um, we noticed like early on, we had already kind of decided that we didn't do, we didn't want to have a lot of screen time for varying reasons, which I can get into in a moment. But, um, but as we did start to introduce movies or, you know, watching short videos on a phone, um, when we would shut it off, we would see those same behaviors and um, just kind of him showing out. And so that kind of just reinforced for us, I think, our decision that, you know, we don't need to have screen time in his day. It's not a necessity. And if this is going to be a ramification or a consequence to us for allowing him to have more screen time, then we're just going to nix it, which actually has significantly helped um, with some of the tantrums that we were seeing. So um, some of the some of the reasons that we did we opted early on for wanting to limit his technology use is I think for myself just what I will call parental instinct that I just could not get over how generations of parents and mothers specifically before me have been able to figure out motherhood without the use of a cell phone or a TV. My own, as you know, our own childhood was, you know, we were outside quite a bit, um, playing with friends, doing get togethers with them, playing dress up. Like there were just lot, there were many activities that we filled our time with before we even had a computer. Like I remember when the first, when we finally got our first desktop and it wasn't just dad's laptop computer, it was like, oh my gosh, there was a computer in the house. And just even some of the strife that like happened in our own upbringing with, well, no, now it's my turn, you know, having to share one computer amongst all of your siblings was certainly a challenge. And so I think just for me personally, Blake had his own reasons for wanting to limit technology. But for myself, I just felt like, man, like who it, there, there are so many women, innumerable numbers of women who have been able to parent and still are parenting without technology use and without lots of screen time. And so if they have been able to figure it out, I can too. So just kind of feeling in my gut that, yeah, that's something that I don't necessarily need and I can rely on other entertainment and parenting things with my child. I remember in when I was getting my, um, when I was in school, I watched a video that was really disturbing to me. And it was on like how research was done in the late 80s, early 90s regarding children's TV programming. And um these researchers were paid 
to watch children as they watched a TV program. And the researchers had to count the number of times a child blinked during a program. And the more frequently (laughs) the child blinked, the less taken with the show they were, and they would switch to a different channel, a different TV, a different child's program, and then count all over again, how many times is this child blinking? And that really informed a lot of um, like marketing for children during children's shows. And of course, I'm sure it also helped with developing children's TV programs. But that was really disturbing to me to find out that you know, there's like, it's someone's job to determine TV programming for young people. And while I think that certainly can be a good thing, I mean, we love Bluey at this house. Um, We're not total monsters. We don't, you know, limit all screen time for our son. But so I think there, there are certainly good things that are out there for children, good TV programs. But it was disturbing to me to know that, um, that this is someone's job to figure out how to completely capture a child's attention and attention span for longer periods of time than what would be normal for that developmental stage. You know, children do have very short attention spans by nature, and I think that's a good thing. And so it being someone's job to figure out how long they can capture that attention just was a little bit unnerving to me. Um, and then, of course, Blake also had, you know, he he is like the researcher in our home. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, this is my instinct. I think we're going to do this. And he, he will like do a deep dive into the, you know, Internet to see, oh, and what else can we find? You know, like, what are the health benefits or consequences of lots of screen time? So he certainly will have his own slew of reasons for why he didn't want a lot of screen time. One of which, however, I know that he... He had to get surgery on his eyes because he had poor eyesight. And he attributes some of that to um, just a lot of TV time when he was younger. So, yeah, I think just with with our just kind of intuition and just ideas that we had going into parenthood, we just thought, you know, this is something that we can limit. And technology use and screen time is inevitable. And so we just wanted to be mindful of how much we are letting our toddler. So, again... I have a two-year-old, which is different than a 10-year-old, right? Um, But we just wanted to really guard that time and make sure that the things that he is being subject to were um, things that we wanted him to see, you know, like the values that we shared in our home and just lots of screen time is not a value that we have, so... Yeah, well, bravo, bravo. I will say from an outsider looking in, one thing I've marveled at is Nolan's, not only his ability to articulate himself, but when you talk to him, he will look you in the eyes and not all toddlers, not even teenagers or adolescent children do that. They won't look at you you know, they might be looking at something else and you can't really tell if they're listening, but Nolan will fully engage, which I also would attribute probably to just reduced screen time. Um, He doesn't have kind of the glazed over look in his eye. He's very curious, very eager to play. And he loves, loves the interaction, you know, and, and as a toddler, it's very, very apparent 
that he's interested in what you have to say. He's interested in the person in front of him. And he doesn't really ask for screen time very often, at least not when you guys have been around us. He would prefer you uh, sit down with him and read book after book after book, (laughs) (laughs) which is a treasure to, of course, his book loving auntie. But (laughs) when you, uh, when you, I know moms will be wondering. So like when you guys maybe go out to a restaurant what are some alternative ways that you handle uh, Nolan's attention span when you're sitting down in a more formal setting? Yeah, so that's certainly when we're out in public is when it's the most tempting to just pull out a phone and just show him a short episode of a show or something. But um, that and air, airplane rides, those are two places where you are just stuck sitting for extended periods of time. And so... um we bring, we do bring books. I have just in my car a bag of small toys that are kind of inconsequential in my mind if they are accidentally left at said restaurant or airplane or wherever. Um, but I just have a like bag of toys and things that I can just bring. He has a tiny little backpack and he wears his backpack whenever we go out and he can play with the contents within that, um, within that bag. Oftentimes, like little trucks or planes, things like that. We also, especially now, we're trying to get him just to color more frequently. Um, So, you know, drawing shapes, like asking him, hey, can you make a square? And showing him what that looks like and seeing if he can replicate it. And he really is into trains these days. And so taking the coffee creamers or sugars and putting them, you know, can you make a train out of this and seeing what he comes <laughs> up with? You know, it it is certainly easier said than done. There are times that I just, it is really difficult to have a conversation with someone in public and to not use that device. And so I certainly don't want it to sound like I just have this, and I do have an incredible toddler, but I don't want it to sound like he's not without his, um, you know, stresses of when we're out in public. And I certainly spend a lot of my time trying to keep him busy, but um, I try and think of the things that he is interested in at the time. So we're really into trains these days. We're really into building towers, things like that, and just utilizing the things either at my table or bringing things with me to help distract. Um, Melissa and Doug, I'm sure that there are other companies that have these too, but they have really great water coloring books that um, you just put water in a pen and, um, you know, as the page gets wet, it turns to color. And so he really enjoys coloring those, you know, he's not always interested in drawing, but anything like that, that we can distract him with or a game that we can play is helpful. And we have found that that has been, um, it's very rare if we ever feel like, okay, this is an emergency. We need to pull out a phone because he (laughs) will entertain himself. They're very creative beings and, you know, he loves playing games. And so again, if we can turn something into a game, then he's in. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and there's lots, I was going to say, especially as they get older, there's lots uh, to do in restaurants. Do you remember playing the dot game with grandma Lila on napkins when we were little? Yep. Yep. And so, yes. Yep. Building little, um, it's amazing what you can build with napkins or the little 
paper that wraps your napkin and silverware set at the, you can make lots of little folded up origami things with those. Yes. Yeah, I know. Or even those, um, I've seen like the busy boards, you know, that you can purchase for pretty cheap on Amazon. Like we've gotten him a couple of those that has zippers and ties and, you know, elasticy things and all of these various, uh, Diversions. <laughs> yes, diversions. Exactly. All in one book. And they're really incredible. So um, we definitely have a lot of those. Um, now he's starting to play games like Spotted. If anyone is familiar with that game, it's a matching game and it's a lot of fun. So just anything that is small enough to just fit in a bag that we can bring with us, you know, that seems to do the trick pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. No, those are great ideas. And I love to see families sitting down in the restaurant with their phones put away. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's always a little discouraging when you go somewhere and everybody has their phones out, even mom and dad and, or an iPad, you know, and you go, well, you could do that at home. What was the point of going out to a restaurant? (laughs) Right. You know, that's my own personal, like, oh, that makes me a little sad for you guys because you're missing what's right in front of you. And by what's right in front of me, I mean the human, not the whatever connection you're finding uh, digitally. Right. So that's great. Um, When in those moments, when you guys do allow him to have some screen time, do you just monitor the length of time or how do you guys? kind of keep that in balance. Yeah. So we, as I said earlier, we really like Bluey. They're seven minute episodes, which is really great because they're funny. They're geared towards his age group and they're short. Uh, And so I really try like screen time more usually is a treat for Nolan. And so if he is acting out and misbehaving, um, we are just very forthcoming with him and say, okay, then we cannot, we cannot watch a movie or we can't watch Bluey. And it's very humorous to see how quickly he will snap into shape. And oh, okay. Like he knows that that we do not watch TV every day. Um, This is a treat. The other night we were able to watch um, Disney Robin Hood from like the 1970s that we grew up with, which was a lot of fun, but we broke it up into two different nights of movies because I think it's like an hour and a half movie or something. So we try and keep his, if it's a movie, we watch it in about 45 minute or one hour segments. If it's a TV show, I try and limit it to about 20 minutes is the max. And then if he's had, you know, if we've had an afternoon where he was doing really well and we've watched a couple of episodes of Bluey, we don't watch a movie that night. Or if it's been, you know, he's been really good all day okay, we can start a movie. And once once we need to start bedtime, then we shut that off and then start our routine for that. And we just need to wait until the next day or a couple of days later. It really depends on his behaviors. And so that's something that I think is really key because for, you know, the temptation is, oh my gosh, they're throwing a temper tantrum. I'm just going to give them what they want this one time and then that's it. But I think the consistency, again, going to his love of routine, um, is really important. So if I say, no, you can't watch a TV show, I need to stick with that decision because otherwise it's confusing to him. If another time he's asking and I said no, and I agree to it later. And so 
Um, so he knows like, this is a treat. We don't have to watch it. So if he, if we start a movie one night and with the intention of finishing it the next night, but he has had a really bad day, then we don't reward bad behavior by giving him the rest of that movie, even though, even if it's a movie that we really want to finish. (laughs) Even if I have to deprive myself, I'm standing firm. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, we're just, we try and be very forthcoming with him. I know, um, you know, he's two and his, his comprehension might not be complete. He doesn't fully understand um, everything that I'm saying, but I think contextually he really can understand, oh, I'm not being a good listener. And so therefore I can't watch a movie. If I want to watch a movie, then I need to be a better listener. And Um, learning um, kind of the cause and effect a little bit, you know, that, that behaviors, both good and bad, there are results, right? Good behaviors can foster blessing with mom and dad, right? But naughty behaviors, when you're acting outside of God's best plan for you, even a young toddler through consistent parenting can learn that, right? They can learn when I step outside mom and dad's best for me, I'm stepping outside God's best for me. And there are consequences. And that consequence might be a pleasure that I don't get to enjoy. Right. And that's a very simple way. And I love that you talked about consistency and how it's confusing if we're not consistent with our kids, right? If we, in our minds, think, okay, but only this one time, Oftentimes that becomes several times that we we justify it somehow because we want the convenience of them being busy, right? It's oftentimes more about us than about them. And so we want them busy. So we give in to the whining. We give in to the tantrum. We give in to that. And then we kind of make liars of ourselves, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Uh, If we've said no, but then we go ahead and do that. We are not trustworthy uh, in our parenting, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think that just the consistency is important. And something that um, I think it needs to be said is that Blake is an awesome parenting partner and we back each other up. And so I remember as a kid, you know, a few instances, I don't know that there were many, there might have been, I, I really don't know. But if I got a yes or a no, you know, if I got the answer I didn't want from one parent, I would sometimes try and sneak and see what the other parent would say. And I don't think it took many times before I, you know, my parents (laughs) wised up to that strategy. And I started getting in trouble for that behavior. But I think that um, just parents being on the same page is so important. And so if you can agree on every detail of your ideas of how you want to have screen time in your home, at least like figure out a couple of main things that you can agree on and you can like support each other on. Blake is completely like, no, you know, screen time is a treat. That's something that is a good consequence of your good behavior and your actions. And we both now like clearly we live in a day and age in which technology and screen time is here to stay. Eventually he will need to learn certain things, but we also feel like, you know, we like humans are incredibly capable and smart and able to figure things out. And so we know that in due time, he will learn the things that he needs to learn as it relates to technology. And so I, I think it's just important that you and your partner are on the same 
page, your you know parenting partner, whomever it is that you are working with, that that is something that you both can agree on and stick with and be consistent with. Because it's really like, I don't know what I would do if he and I had totally different opinions on that. I think that would be, we would probably have a very you know, different stance that we could finally like come to terms with um, than the one that we have now. But thankfully, we both agree that we just want to limit that time and protect that time. Um, and so even if you don't see eye to eye on everything, I think it's important to say, at least let's figure out a couple of like main things that we can agree on and then enforce that. And Hopefully you're able to come to terms on the things that you don't agree on, but that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, putting things before the Lord in prayer is such a great way to come to agreements over things. You know, Lord Jesus, this is my vision for our family. Please unify my husband and I um, as we parent these mighty men and women of God that you have blessed us with, right? Just putting it before the Lord and trusting him with each of those decisions. And there is always going to need to be compromise in, in what from each spouse, right? As you reconcile your own childhoods, your own ideals, your own goals for your home, y'all have to give a little when we're trying to come to an agreement, but doing so through prayer with the power of the Holy Spirit just makes all the difference in the world. And so I love that you guys have kind of been able to agree on <laughs> what what you guys will do. And I love how you pointed out that you back Blake up and Blake backs you up. You guys are a united front because kids need the unity of their parents in the home and they need parents to be reliable. And that means behaviors need to be consistent, you know? Yeah. Um, so this is good. Uh, lots to think about, lots to think about, lots to pray about. Hannah, would you mind praying for our sweet mamas who have been listening in and maybe some dads too? You never know. You never know. <laughs> maybe moms first and then dads, who knows? Yes. But yeah, no, I don't mind praying at all. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this time. Thank you for this time to just enjoy, enjoy, um, supporting the Help Club for Moms, Lord, and for hopefully being a resource to the other parents out there that are listening. And God, you know our hearts, you know our family um, situations, you know the individual little humans within our home that we're trying to parent. And God, you know the best way to go about this topic of just screen time and digital tools that are so helpful for so many things. God, I certainly don't want to demonize the role of technology in our lives. We're thankful for this day and age in which we're living. And God, we know that that you that you have a plan for each of us in this in this season and in this time in world history to God. And so I pray just for all the moms and dads out there, other caretakers to God, that you would just open their eyes to what your vision and your plan for their family families are as it relates to screen time and digital usage. God, we just pray for 
your creativity and ideas as to how they how they can navigate this world of technology in their home in a way that would be honoring to you. And God, we pray just for unity with moms and dads and any other just authorities in their children's lives, God, I pray, God, that you would let there be unity there and that you would let them be able to see eye to eye and be able to come to agreement on their vision for their families. Lord, we pray, God, I pray just against any um, any guilt or condemnation that anyone might be feeling. If they have differing opinions on this too, God, you know everyone's hearts, you know Again, just our where we're coming from and our perspectives. And so, God, I pray just that you would be the one to lead and guide and that if there's anything um, in the podcast today that that they can pick out and know that that is something that you are speaking to them and their family specifically, that that would be what would what they would focus on. And um, God, we pray a blessing and just an anointing on these parents and on these moms. Let them know that the work they're doing is good and it is holy work, God, and it is hard work. And you are just so pleased with them and how they are loving and parenting their children. God, we just pray, um, pray for that in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today, my lovely sis. And thank you all who listened in. And we'll see you next time on Mom Tip Fridays. Be blessed.